All right, hey, Palmetto Shores, and welcome back to our Sunday Seminar Recap. And I'm sitting here with Richard again. Um, as last night, we worked through uh, week two of Romans, looking at chapter three, verse 19, and we went through uh, the end of chapter five. And uh, last night was just a really good reminder of um, just our need for the gospel and uh, faith and having faith uh, that only comes from God. And, and uh, it was just easy to... Um, or I guess in life it's easy to think of our obedience to God as stuff um, that we have to do a lot or do all the time or um, we have to earn our salvation but it's pretty clearly stated through these passages just the importance of grace and grace alone that we receive through God and uh, through Jesus um, so uh, Richard um, you know up to this point it's talked a lot about sin and um, the consequences of sin, that no one's righteous, no, not one, um, no one seeks God. Uh, what would you say um, is the kind of hinge point here as we picked up in verse 19 and finished through uh, the end of that chapter, the importance of uh, what Paul has to say about uh, righteousness through faith and uh, just the grace aspect we receive through Jesus? You know, there's this hinge point of faith and works that we try to reconcile in our minds, but sometimes I think we just don't get right. Uh, if we go forward to chapter 4 in verse uh, 3, it says, What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now we look at Abraham, and we think he had this a great life of obedience to God, and he did, but it wasn't his obedience to God that counted him as righteous before God. It was his uh, faith in God. It says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And as we move past the law and the uh, failures of the law, the failures uh, that we have in following the law, Paul is trying to help us see that it is all about our faith, our trust in God. Um, if we're going to believe God, then it'll be counted to us as righteousness. But if we try to earn God's favor through the works that we do, uh, then we're stuck under the law. That's what Paul leaves off in verses 19 and 20 of chapter 3. Uh, no one will be justified uh, by works of the law. But there is a better way. Uh, there's a way outside of the law, and that way outside of the law is through faith in Jesus because of what he did on the cross. God put him forward as a a payment for our sin um, by the blood of Jesus, and that is to be received by faith. It's trusting in what God says he was going to do, what God did through Jesus and the promises that God gives us for the future, that he will return and those who have faith in Jesus will be uh, redeemed completely uh, and taken to heaven to live with him in the, uh, in the end times. Uh, faith in what Jesus has done as sufficient as a payment for the penalty of your sin, trusting in that and that alone and not anything that you can do out of your own power. And that doesn't mean that we're not to follow the law because Paul addresses that as well. Uh, it says, what does that mean? Do we overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So the law is not something that is to be uh, thrown out. It is to be upheld, but it is not to be the thing that we stand on. It's not to be uh, that rock that we're holding on to in hopes that we'll be saved. Jesus 
is the rock that we must stand on in hopes that we are saved, trusting in the promises of God that Jesus uh, is that rock. And if we're trusting in him, there is nothing uh, that can take us outside of the hand of God for salvation. Uh, it's not about uh, your faith, the strength of your faith. It's not about uh, the sufficiency of your faith. It's about the strength of the one your faith is in. It's about the sufficiency of Jesus, who your strength, who your faith is in, and his strength. Uh, so don't take your faith as uh, the measuring stick for whether or not you have salvation. Take the promises of God and the gift of grace through the life, death, resurrection of Jesus as the strength. And uh, no matter how little your faith, uh, how weak your faith is in that promise, as long as you have faith in it, then it is sufficient to hold you up. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And um, you know, along that, there were some questions last night brought up in just discussion about um, the world standard versus our standard and um, what, it, what does it really mean to be a good person or to have righteousness or you know, earn or have salvation based on works, I guess, uh, and used a, um, like a judge metaphor as well calling God just and he's a justifier and just that you know if there's if he's a good judge then he's all he's perfect he has no fault in himself and uh, he justifies us through through Jesus that we have nothing else to bring to the table except our faith um, and our belief that uh, he's taken everything uh, account and account for us and that uh, his standards aren't ours but um, his standards are more perfect and uh, we don't have to have that question of whether or not um, are we good enough or will we ever be good enough because you know we're not going to be I mean we fail all the time uh, but because God's standard is seen upon us because of Jesus life death and resurrection then we can have the assurance of salvation and um, so going back to this kind of like works of faith um, or works and faith kind of idea. Um, you know, I know you kind of touched on it already, um, but I think it's good to speak to just because the world, even Christians and non-Christians struggle with this uh, tug and pull kind of thing of what is good enough or um, how do we find encouragement in the fact that even though we're still sinners, we're covered in grace. And just that's just a, a hard concept for many people to understand, you know, think a lot of people just struggle with that um, myself as well it's we have this constant struggle of am I good enough or have I done good enough or can I lose my salvation um, is there anything that you would touch on to say that would be encouraging for us to hear uh, based on based on that you know, I think one of the things that is repeated over and over again by Paul is this idea of the righteousness of God uh, the righteousness of God covers uh, every aspect of God. The righteousness of God is who God is. Uh, but when Jesus came and died on the cross, uh, the part of the righteousness of God that he took in our place was God's uh, justice. You know, God deemed that when man stepped outside of his law, death would be the penalty. Uh, but Jesus, being uh, the perfect human, took that penalty upon himself for all of mankind, uh, for those who will trust in uh, Jesus's sufficiency on the cross. But the part of the righteousness that God places on man 
is his justification. He has made us uh, perfect in his sight, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Uh, that's literally what Paul is saying here. The righteousness of God has been placed upon all of those who believe. Uh, the, the righteousness of the Son as he walked this earth, as Jesus uh, lived and taught uh, and, and was without sin and went as a perfect sacrifice to the cross and then showed his uh, sonship, showed his power as God when he was resurrected from the dead, all that the Father looks at Jesus as, when you put your trust in Jesus, that's the same way he sees you. Um, it's not about your effort. It's not about your success. It's not about your failures. It's not about anything that you've done. Uh, when you surrender to Jesus, when you put your trust in Jesus, God now looks at you uh, the same way he looks at Jesus, as his perfect son who has had uh, the penalty completely paid and God's wrath completely satisfied. So if you have placed your trust in Jesus, you have nothing to worry about because the righteousness of God, uh, you've been clothed in it. Literally, it's like you've been uh, wrapped in it as a blanket or as a coat that has been placed on you forever. And that is the way that God sees you. Uh, and when you come before him to be judged, uh, that is what he's going to see. Uh, now, Again, that doesn't take away from the fact that we will struggle in this life and that sin will uh, continue to be a part of what we do in this life. But uh, one of the, the true uh, characteristics that helps you know that you truly have surrendered to Jesus is that when you sin, when you mess up, there will be a conviction of it. Um, if you can go and sin and have no worry about what you've done, then maybe you do need to think about whether or not you're saved. But if you sin and, and God is convicting you and you recognize you need to change, um, that's, that's a sign that you are resting in who God is and what he has done for you. Because if you're just a sinner out there in the world, you don't worry about sin. Sin's just something you do and you don't have a thought to it. Uh, but if it's something that bothers you, if it's something uh, that hinders you, if it's something that weighs on you, well, God wants you to come to him and bring it to him again. He doesn't want you to hold on to it. He wants you to overcome it. But that's a sign that you are uh, his child because the things that you're doing against him are uh, affecting you the same way they affect him. Um, and unfortunately, we still have this battle with the flesh. Uh, we, when we surrender to Jesus, we don't get rid of the flesh. We take on a new nature. We become a new creation uh, in God's eyes. But... We won't be completely that new creation until this world passes away and, and we are in the, the new heaven and the new earth uh, in his glory and in his kingdom. So we're going to struggle with sin. Uh, but we're going to have, uh, as uh, Paul quoted in, in uh, Romans 4, verses 7 and 8, uh, we have a way to overcome that sin. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. That's a quote from the Psalms, and that's a quote from where David was asking for forgiveness. And David talks about how when he was living in his sin, the hand of God was heavy upon him. But when he recognized who God was and confessed his sin to God, uh, God took away all the guilt, all the, the heaviness, and uh, showed him his promise that he does forgive those who uh, turn to him. 
So when you're, uh, when you're struggling with sin, God just is saying, come back to me, come back to me. Uh, you're righteous because of who I am, not because of your ability to fix what's going on. Um, come to me and I will help you overcome the sin in your life. Oh yeah, that's, that's really good. And in the, as you closed out chapter five, we touched on this as well, that um, it's, there's really nothing for us to do or can do based because, or basically because while we were still sinners, while we were God's enemy, um, he saved us. So there really is nothing for us to do except believe. And of course, Paul really went heavy on the uh, Jewish heritage of um, uh, Abraham that the only reason Abraham was justified and uh, called righteous was because of his faith, his trust uh, that God is who he was, who he is and who he is today. And um, uh, I think it's a really good reminder and encouragement for us all today just to remember that, that, um, that Christ is the one that's done the work for us and that um, we have the Holy Spirit with us now working in us, uh, the same Spirit that um, was even in, these, uh, in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament and now today. So um, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, if there's, is there anything else that you feel like you want to add to it? or um, you know, Just talking about chapter 5, we'll just, just read the, the verses here and not say much about it. But you know, just if while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, um, then we don't have anything to worry about. Uh, verse 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. The wrath of God is not something we have to worry about if we are secure in who God is. Uh, so uh, mishaps will happen, sin will happen, failures will happen, but God is not uh, looking to punish us in those moments. He's looking for us to come back to him. He is that good, good father uh, standing there waiting for the prodigal son with his arms open wide, wanting to welcome you back into fellowship, wanting to welcome you back into uh, the abundant life which he has promised through Jesus. Uh, so don't take your sins and hide them. Don't take your sins and, and think that you have to overcome them yourself. God uh, is the one who sent Jesus uh, to destroy sin and to give us the ability to live a life uh, overcoming sin uh, in this world and eventually to be completely free of sin uh, when we leave this world and enter his presence. That's great. All right. Well, thank you, Richard. And uh, next week, we're going to be um, looking at chapters 6 through 8. So if you all want to read ahead and uh, prepare yourself for that, we know it'll be a great discussion. And um, thanks for joining again this week, and we look forward to talking to you next time.